So loving God, help us to want to have you be more in control of our lives. Help us by the power of your spirit to want to obey you more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So last Sunday, Rich Leatherberry started a new sermon series called Invited. God is inviting us to get to know him better through exploring various spiritual practices such as prayer, reading scripture, fasting, worship, and service. Rich said in his introduction to the series, these practices are not something we want to do, something we do to make God happy with us, but they're ways for us to experience his life and the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to set us free from the things we battle which hold us back from the abundant life we were created for. We call them spiritual practices because we have to practice them. They don't come easily to us. But remember, this is an invitation, not an obligation. You're simply invited to try some ways to experience God showing up in your life and to discover that God loves you personally and deeply. Now, Rich suggests you pick one that sounds like you'll enjoy it. So I thought I'd invite you to consider the spiritual practice of relinquishment, giving up control of our lives to God. I mean, that's a nice, easy one to start with, right? I'm suggesting relinquishment as I do believe it can change your life and allow you to experience more of the abundant life Jesus offers. To relinquish, in case you didn't quite get it from the reading, means to give up completely, to stop holding Release, yield, deliver, lay down, leave behind, surrender, abandon, let go. The two best examples of people in the Bible who practiced relinquishment are Abraham and, of course, Jesus. In the garden before his crucifixion, Jesus prays, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. And in the message it reads, Father, remove this cup from me, but please, not what I want. What do you want? So in the story you read today, Abraham is put to the ultimate test. Will he obey God even when everything in him must have been screaming, no, please don't ask me to do that? What's amazing to me is that there's no account of any resistance from either Abraham or Isaac to what's happening. Remember, Isaac is the child of the promise, God's covenant with Abraham and Sarah, who wait 25 years for God to fulfill his promise to give them a son, Isaac, and countless descendants, which include Jesus. Then God commands, not invites, Abraham to give up that very son as a sacrifice. And when God sees that Abraham trusts him completely, an angel tells Abraham not to harm Isaac. Then he sees the ram close by and knows that God himself is providing the sacrifice. And this is a foreshadowing of Jesus carrying his cross and God providing Jesus to die instead of us. But how on earth is Abraham able to obey God's command? How could he possibly do that? I think it's because he has a personal relationship with God he knows from experience that God can be trusted and does what he promises and that God will provide. 
Therefore, he's willing to obey, even though it doesn't make any sense to him at all. When my husband William and I were studying at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, God invited us to practice relinquishment, but he had to pry open our hands and our hearts to get us to let go. We're living in student housing, and a family from Uganda are our neighbors. One day they ask us, ask us if our second small car is for sale. We immediately say no, even though we don't really need it. One day the mother calls up and tells us that God has told her that we are to sell our car to her <laughs> so that she can get to work. She's persistent in pursuing us. One day William's walking on campus and sees her coming from a distance. You've guessed it, he crossed the street so he wouldn't need to speak to her. So we finally asked God about it and became willing to let go of our car. We did get some peace because we didn't have her bugging us all the time about it. There are all kinds of things we hang on to, aren't there, and resist letting go of, besides the stuff we don't need. We also hold on to hurts, resentment, guilt, bad memories, anger, our fears, our unfulfilled dreams and disappointments. How do we let go of these things to God? And then there's one more thing, possibly one of the hardest things for us Eastsiders to relinquish. That would be control. You know I love words, so control. Sorry it's not up there, but you can visualize it. C, constantly. O, organizing. N, anyway. Poetic license, anyway. T, two. R, run. O, our. L, lives constantly organizing any way to run our lives. That would be control. We like to think we're in charge, don't we, and in, in control of our lives. So the mere suggestion this morning of relinquishing control, giving up, letting go, surrendering the role of boss in our lives to God, is not something we want, let alone easily accept. It's very hard, as one young man in our congregation is finding, as he spent the last five years being the primary caregiver for his dad. He told me, by taking care of my dad, I'm obeying God. This is my assignment for now. I still have dreams and hopes for myself, but what God wants me to do is much more important. And like Abraham, if I continue to obey, I trust God will prepare a ram for me at the end of the day. But I've also witnessed God's power, authority, his love, mercy, and grace in the midst of this assignment. I've come to view my experience as God's true blessing in my life, even though it's a daily struggle. So I want to encourage you today to hang out with Jesus. Get to know him, talk with him, spend time with him, and then hold on to Jesus, not stuff or other people. And then hand over to Jesus, trust him, and take your hands off control of your own life. So hang out, hold on, and hand over. Many years ago, my dad had to practice relinquishment of someone he loves very much, me. When I was six weeks old, I was seriously ill with bronchitis. And I lay in a crib next to my parents' bed, and my dad could hear how difficult it was for me to breathe. So my dad's obviously desperate, and he talks to God about his fear that I might die. He tries to let go, 
let me go and relinquish me into God's hands. He tries to trust that God loves me more than he does. My dad tells God, his heavenly father, I'm going to put her into your hands and take mine right off her. You do whatever you know to be best. I totally relinquish her to you. The result was that my dad had peace for about 10 seconds. He spent nearly an hour, I can't imagine that it wasn't all night, nearly an hour surrendering me to God and grabbing me back again over and over and over until he finally, he left me and did not take me back. He writes, the peace stayed with me and I fell asleep. When I awoke, I couldn't hear her breathing, not because she died, but because she was breathing normally. My earthly dad relinquished me to my heavenly dad. So I facilitate the prayer of relinquishment led by the Holy Spirit with many of the people I pray with. We go through a visualization exercise of handing off someone or something to Jesus. And so here's some recent postings from folk in our congregation about their experience of growing in their willingness and ability to trust God and loosen their grip of control over their lives. And some of the names have been changed. But this one hasn't. Jan Zuba, many of you know, is coming close to the end of her earthly life. I spoke to her yesterday, and she's a shining example of complete surrender and acceptance, of total trust and peace. She has this wonderful curiosity about heaven. She's looking forward to getting to know Jesus better. And when I spoke with her, she reminds me that she's living every day with gratitude for God's grace, as many days as she has left on this earth. Now, Susie has long-standing health issues. And when we did this exercise, she writes, You held my hand and prayed with me, and together we envisioned my being held in the lap of Jesus. In those moments, being surrounded by God's love, and genuinely feeling the arms of Jesus holding me, I was at complete and total peace. Now before I go to sleep, I envision myself in the lap of Jesus, sharing my joys, my fears, my thankfulness for support of family and friends, and most importantly, giving myself over to the grace of God and His will. And then we have the story of Alicia. She has had many opportunities to practice letting God take control. She had a condition that, medically speaking, would prevent her from ever getting pregnant. She says, fear grabbed a hold of me. I was faced with a future that I hadn't anticipated. I'm the ultimate control freak, and suddenly I wasn't able to make plans. I was paralyzed. I couldn't see past my fears. I didn't trust that God might have a plan. I was sure that he'd abandoned me. I couldn't give up my prayers to him. What if it was maybe or no, not the yes that I hoped for? But only a few weeks later, after she and her husband agreed not to talk about babies or infertility for a year, she noticed an ad that there was going to be prayer at first press for couples who were experiencing infertility. She pleaded with her husband to go with her. She says, I knew at that moment that it was the answer to my need to surrender. I knew that Jesus was asking me to give my control to him. I physically felt the weight of the burden lifted off me as I prayed for God's will. 
I left the church knowing that Jesus had spoken to me that night and that he was in charge. I knew that no might be coming and that would be a blessing in our lives. I was free. In less than three months, she was pregnant. A true miracle, she says, but I knew that it was all God and a little of me surrendering my control. So Heather says, my journey to hear God's voice started about three years ago. She says, I've been a Christian since high school, but I had difficulty hearing when God spoke directly to me. So she did a study called Discovering the Voice of God. She says, the message was simple. When God asks you to do something, your response is to obey, not think. Plain and simple, go and be obedient. You know, just do it, right? She says, I've been so touched by Pastor Dudley's call to make a difference in our neighborhood that I felt a move was part of God's plan for my family. But change doesn't come easily for me, so the thought was scary. So she practiced the prayer of relinquishment, letting go of the old house and the new one she wanted so badly and putting them both in Jesus' hands, allowing him to take control of something she so badly wanted to control. She had to keep practicing trust and letting go when it didn't look like the sale and the purchase of the two homes was going to work out in the right sequence. It eventually did, but not in her timing. Then Pauline had to relinquish her adopted son who lives in another country. He was in trouble, but it wasn't possible for her to go and help him. So she relinquished him into Jesus' arms and felt peace and Jesus' presence. And then Charlie. Almost two years ago, he started to have severe pains in his lower back, his hip, and his abdomen. He went to countless doctors. His pain was eight or nine on a scale of 10 and became more frequent every day, month after month. He sought all kinds of medical treatment. None of the doctors could find the cause of the pain. Many people, obviously, in this community of faith and elsewhere were praying for him. Nothing happened. He got really mad at God. But then he says, I decided to put my pain in the hands of Jesus. People continued to pray, laid hands on him for healing. And over the next month, he could still feel God's hands on him. He kept praying, seeing more specialists, nothing. Then his wife and he decided to go to Hawaii despite the severe pain. And a few days before the trip, he once again prayed the prayer of relinquishment, letting go of his control over people, situations in his life, and gave them to God. By the third day on his vocation, vocation, vacation, all of the pain had gone, and it has not returned. He says, God has begun to change how I live my life, and I know I can put it in his hands. Then Jessica writes, through a broken marriage and physical health challenges, I have a new relationship with God. I talk to him all day. Did you hear that? Through a broken marriage and physical health challenges, I have a new relationship with God. She says, instead of forging ahead with an independent spirit, I'm learning to trust and depend on others. She took our divorce recovery workshop in the fall of 09 and met people who understood the deep hurts of a broken marriage. She says, I made some great friends. I learned that I could be vulnerable, have a voice, and be accepted. 
Thank you, Jesus. Now she says, here comes the interesting part. Her divorce was finalized in March 2010. Six weeks later, she was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. She said, really, Lord? Why? And why now? She says, after I indulged in a brief time of poor me, I chose to accept this diagnosis as a life sentence, not a death sentence. Okay, Lord, now what? So she's learning to trust, to take one day at a time, knowing that God will provide. She says, meanwhile, I'm still divorced, and I still have MS. I live alone, and I have no idea how my disease will express itself as time goes on. Am I concerned for my health, my job, my ability to take care of myself? Sure. But I don't dwell on that. I trust that God has my back. I keep on praying and wait to see what God will do next. Another way I've looked at my transformation, she says, is that I've gone from being invisible to being transparent, or at least translucent. Instead of hiding, I found my voice. So I wrote this for today, hands off. Jesus, how do I take my hands off when I want to be in control? Lord, how do I let you lead me so I won't fall down a huge hole? Show me how to take my hands off and invite you to be in control. Help me want you to lead my life and permit you to make me whole. But I don't want to let you be in charge. What if I don't like your plans? I actually enjoy running my life. I'm afraid you'll spoil my fun if you can. How do I learn to trust you, to believe I can hear your voice? It's very scary to give up control. I don't think I want to make that choice. You invite me to take my hands off, to give up and surrender my will. But I find myself holding on for dear life to my plans, my thoughts, and my will. What if you want to change me and rearrange my life? You'll invite me to step out of my boat. That scares me and makes me uptight. There are so many things I hold on to, security and money and stuff. Why is it so hard to let go of them? Why do I feel I don't have enough? Help me, Lord, to hand over to you everything that weighs me down. My worries and fears, my desire for control, I long to be unbound. You invite me to take my hands off, to let you be in charge, be the boss. Why do I wrestle and resist your ways? You poured your love on me from the cross. Help me to open my mind, Lord, to everything you've planned for me. To open my heart, take off my hands learning to trust, to obey you, and be free. So here's my question for you today. Who is the person or the thing you need to relinquish to God? What would bring you peace and relief if you could only let go of it and give it to God and trust Him with the outcome? You're being invited today to try the adventure of living your life with your hands off. Please pray with me. 
Loving God, we need your help to let you lead our lives. Help us to listen to what you want. Help us to give up trying to control other people and things and to obey your directions to us. Help us to relinquish control of our lives to you and your plans, trusting your great love for us, your wisdom, and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.